With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Hey, if you love Latina to Latina, and I know you do, and you want to support the show, it's as easy as listening on Radio Public, a free, super easy app that works on iPhone and Android. When you listen to Latina to Latina on Radio Public, we earn a little bit with every episode you hear. Thanks for listening and for loving the show. A lot's happened, okay? It's gone very quickly. And I do feel like I'm kind of arriving and settling in. But there's always that thing under me that is like, is this forever? And that's the part that won't let me fail. And that's the part that will keep me real and grounded and grateful, never being complacent and always wanting more. Actress Anjali Cabral decided she was ready to become a mom. And that to fully enjoy her future family life, she needed to land a role on a CBS sitcom. It was an oddly specific vision, but in 2015, she joined CBS's Life in Pieces. A year and a half later, she gave birth to her daughter, Adelaide. Today, we'll talk about what it takes to manifest the things we most want. Angelique, I'm so excited to be with you in real life. I know. Hi, me too. I'm so excited. I love to talk. (laughs) Indeed. Your life is in a very sort of amazing place right now, and we're going to get to all that. But I want to take you back to the period of struggle, because I think that is what most of us feel like we're in and can identify with. Right. So you go to University of Indiana. Yes. Big academic scholarship. Right. Then you moved to New York to pursue your dreams. Right. And part of that dream was musical theater. Yes. That was the dream. That was the dream. At the time. And a lot Mm -hmm. of your friends moved with you. Yes. Like Nicole Parker, Elizabeth Stanley. These are very famous working actors who are now on Broadway, starring on Broadway shows. We all moved there to like pound the pavement and audition. And we started going to open calls and... I was teaching. I I did set myself up for like a little bit of success in that I didn't go into like waiting tables. I taught Montessori preschool. 
So that was my like side hustle. And I would do that in the mornings so that my afternoons were free to audition. And I got zero, like I booked nothing right. from as far as the musical theater world. I did one um, new like reading of a musical at Playwrights Horizons that felt very fancy at the time. It was called <laughs> Ruby Rosa. And it was like the worst musical. It was like not great. Like... Like, I honestly can't really remember what it was about, except that I had a gr- I had one great number. But I remember my mom coming to visit me, and I was like, Mom, I'm going to an audition. I'll be back. And I, like, went out of my apartment on the Upper East Side, and I went to an open call for Oklahoma. Uh-huh. It was the dancer's call. Mm. Now, I'm definitely a very good actor and a very good singer, not a strong dancer. Mm. Like, a strong mover. Like, I'm not going to trip, <laughs> but I'm not a dancer. And then I got cut, obviously, immediately. And I went to Central Park, and I got a sandwich, and I sat there for, like, roughly two hours just so that my mom would think I'm, like, mm. moving forward in the call. Right. And then I went to my mom. I was like, I went back. I was like, it was awesome. Like, I totally, like, it was oh, awful. I, like, lie. lied. Yeah. So I had an, a many, numerous auditions like that. Right. And then 9-11 happened, which was... Like, I started school on 9-11, and I moved there, like, two days before 9-11. So, like, New York was not normal when I moved there. And so there wasn't a lot of work anyway for almost an entire year, I would say, as everything was being put back together. And then I found my way into shoe modeling. So I did that, and then I nannied a lot. I did catering. I had 19 jobs. I definitely, like, paid my dues, I'll tell you that. I moved to L.A. in 2009, so I had had... People are like, oh, my God, you moved to L.A. and you started working right away. I'm like, no, no, no. I graduated in 2001. So I had, like, almost 10 years of, like, you know how they say the 10,000 hours? I did that. Like, I auditioned a shit ton. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Yeah. I auditioned a shit ton. I was in acting class. I never gave up. I was like, this is my dream. I discovered, like, positive thinking, law of attraction. And I want to get to all of that because I need you to help me get to that place. Okay. Because there's... Just so much rejection. And I think that is complicated in and of itself. And then there's rejection while you're watching people you love and admire get the things that they want. Yes. And that exact combination happened to me. And I'll never forget it. It was like a very specific moment. I'll never forget. I went to see my friend Nicole Parker in like this big Broadway opening. And it felt at the time like everyone was succeeding except me. And I got very jaded. And I got very angry and dark and kind of spiraled deep. And all that that did was put me in a bad mood and kind of bring all of that to me, right? So, like, what you think about is what you get. A good friend of mine started working with me. I had this, like, small production company called Bad Girl Productions, and we did, like, at the time, like, I guess they were YouTube videos, but we did, like, a video for Stephen Colbert about ice cream. Like, we did, we were actually ahead of our time, if I think about it. Like, we were Mm -hmm. kind of groundbreaking and, like, pushing the limits, doing, like, PSAs about, like, STDs and like stupid shit, but it was actually very funny and good. But I met this guy who was helping us named Shay, and he introduced me to Abraham Hicks and Eckhart Tolle, and my mind was blown. I was like, oh, I'm basically doing this to myself. That's what I realized. I am bringing no success to myself because of the way I'm thinking about it. And instead of being grateful for all of these obstacles, grateful for these jobs, grateful for my money that's coming in, even though it was not a lot of money, Grateful for the nannying, grateful for the shoe modeling, all these people that I'm meeting. I was angry about it. And instead, I started to bless it. And I started to reverse my thinking and say, like, oh, my God, I have a great life already. I'm already happy. And then all of a sudden, I started, like, booking big jobs. And I'm telling you right now, if you can't be happy where you are, you will never be happy 
with millions of dollars, a huge show, a huge movie, none of it will make you happy. Right. No, because there's I work always with something people, more. Always. And I work with people. We make a shit ton of money on this show. They're not people aren't happy, okay? Mm-hmm. And this show's not gonna make them happy. The next show's not gonna make them nothing's gonna make you happy if you're not happy now. Mm-hmm. So it's really changing the way you think about all of your obstacles. And I would say they're not obstacles. It's life. Life is fucking hard. No one said life was supposed to be easy. That's how you learn about yourself. You learn about what you can handle. You learn about how to move through it with grace and ease. You learn how to handle people. There's always going to be annoying people in the world, and there's always (laughs) going to be annoying people that you work with. For some reason, as actors or performers or artists, we think that we have to, like, love everyone and everyone has to be your best friend. No, they don't, and they're not going to be. That's just how life is. So I think if we let all of these things bump us and constantly set us back... Like you stub your toe and then your day's fucking ruined. You don't get the job and then you lose it. Mm-hmm. No, then you're you're literally never going to go anywhere because you're just going to be constantly setting yourself back, like stunting your growth. And instead, it's like, how do you bless all of those things and say, oh, I stubbed my toe. At least I have a toe. I'm really glad because I feel that. Oh, that's going to wake <laughs> me up. And now I'm going to feel... I'm going to be more aware of how I walk and I'm going to I'm going to wear different shoes and I'm going and I, listen it sounds easier said than done but well, it takes time it to takes recondition time. your thinking. Yeah, and I worked hard for like many years. So this started in probably I would say 2007 or 8 when I caught myself being in this perpetual mm-hmm. bad mood and I moved here and I continued with kundalini yoga and I met Leslie Khan and I was sent to her to basically help my acting get sharper and it's all the same. It's all Don't ignore the bad stuff. Go into it. Like, live in it. Get comfortable in the uncomfortability. Get comfortable in the rejection. Have a full life. Go on and get coffee and go for a hike and have a dog and have a baby. Do it all. Don't wait until you have the job to be happy and have a full life. And I want to come back to you manifesting the life you have now because that's really what I need you to teach me how to do. (laughs) But first, I want to talk about your IMDb page because when I scroll through it, it seems to me like you play a Latina character about 50% of the time. 50% of almost, I think it's almost exactly 50%. Right? Yes. I think. Like if I remember. Why? I mean, if you're just going by last names, right? Where I feel like you're always playing someone in like Jenny Rivera. Right, right. Mm hmm. Or like How? Alvarez. Yes. Yeah. When I first started like booking yeah. series regulars and like jobs, this happened twice where they had to change. Well, then if they had to, they changed the name. And like originally it was like Woo or like it was like a different ethnicity. And then they changed it to be like whatever I am. So they changed hmm. it to be like Hispanic. And I remember for Enlisted, her name was originally Sergeant Pop. And then they changed it to Perez. So they kind of tailor it once I booked the role. And as I'm very open about my dad speak Spanish and is Mexican and Native American. And my parents were divorced and I was not raised with him. And I did not learn the language. I learned French. My mom was like, fuck this guy. You're going to learn French. In retrospect, probably has hurt me the most in my career, if you if I can say that. Although I got in at the time where it was just starting to be trendy to be any kind of ethnicity. This but they was, were starting to match content to what the U.S. actually looks like. Right. And like I would say that Devious Maids was one of those first shows. And that was my first pilot. My first series regular was Devious Maids, and that was one of the first all-female, all-Latina casts, and I'm so proud to have been a part of that show. And then from there on, I have found my way, and they always kind of change the role, tailor it to me. When I first started doing this, and I would talk about climate change, it was like another subject, like geology, hydrology, meteorology, and it was well-received. And then at some point, it got politicized. 
What made climate change political was the most comprehensive, longest-running propaganda campaign in U.S. history. I'm Amy Westervelt, the host of Drilled, a true crime podcast about climate change. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You and I are both halfies, and halfies in the same way where, right. I, you know, my dad is the one who's Latino, and it's it's already complicated enough. I mean, and I grew up somewhere where everyone around me was Latino. So right. I didn't have to go out and find my Latina identity right. because it was all around. How did mm. you get in touch with it? How did you find it? Have you gotten in touch with well, it? Well, it's interesting. It? I think I'm continuing to get in touch with it. I've been blessed enough to be good friends with a woman named Gloria Calderon Kellett, who the best. the best. We love her. Yeah. She wrote a piece for me like years ago, and we kind of started a budding friendship then. And she's brought me into this group of Latina. That's how I found you. That's right. how I started following you on Instagram right, because I was group. like, "Who is this Angelique right, Cabral? Right. Like, she's not there been she in is. these photos before." Yeah, and that was from Gloria. And then, like, I'm friends with Melissa Fumero just from mm-hmm. being around, and I've become good friends with America because we have babies together, kind of. And Eva, she invited me to, like, one of her dinners, her Target events. And so I've kind of immersed myself in that group. And I said the first event I went to, I was like, I have always felt not a part of this because I don't speak Spanish and because I've never booked, like, a Spanish-speaking role. And I'll never forget Eva on the set of Devious Maids. She was an EP of mine. Said to me then, this was back in 2013, she said, teach yourself Spanish. I didn't know Spanish. Because she didn't. She wasn't raised speaking Spanish. And she, like, put herself through school and learned Spanish. And so I took that to heart. And I've taken Spanish classes. I have Rosetta Stone. And I'm trying to learn the language as best I can. And now I have no problem if I have an audition or if I have to say things like it's not an issue. But as far as, like, finding myself or my own identity in that, Mm -hmm. I think I still am. I think it's a process. And I think I'm still scared. And I think I'm going to write a show about it. Like, I honestly think that that's what's going to happen. I have to figure out how to, like, turn it into art because it's something that's, like, plagued me for my whole life. And it's I felt like a fake. And I'm realizing that I'm not. And there's a lot of people out there like me, like us, in this mm-hmm. um, in-between. I would say we're in-betweeners. I'm ready for that show. It'd be a good show. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that Gloria and I are going to be tinkering away at. I need to uh, figure out if it's a vehicle for me or it will be for a younger version of me. But there's a good story there. And after spending the past two weeks with my family, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But we have to see what happens with Life in Pieces. And, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions right now in my current state of affairs. Yeah. I want you to tell me about how you manifested Life in Pieces. Well, very, very specifically. I was on a show called Enlisted on Fox. We were put on Friday nights at 9.30, I think. Maybe it was 8.30. Like, first of all, I wanted a show. And then I wanted it to get picked up because I saw friends around me and I understood that that's the way to kind of change your life quickly and get noticed and people to care about you in this silly industry that we're in. Right. It's like if you can get to air, okay, if you can be on air. So I do a lot of meditating and I do a lot of vision boarding to the point where I just now just write what I want. And when I meditate, it's like in front of me in like black Sharpie on a piece of white paper. It's very scary to do. And I'm not saying it's going to work for everyone, but it has worked for me and it's proven itself time and again that if I can actually go deep enough inside to actually know what I specifically want and then have the courage to write it and look at it every day and not ignore it and go into it. That it comes in different ways and not right right away necessarily. But this came pretty quickly because I watch obsessive amounts of television. And I said, I want to be on CBS because 
CBS is the biggest, most powerful network, and they keep their shows around. So I said, I want to be on a family show, an ensemble. If you can be on an ensemble show for a while that, like, sticks around, all that it does for you is give you more and more credibility credibility in Hollywood's eyes. Bankability. Bankability. And then in America, they're like, oh, yeah, that family show. But and they don't I want to see more of her. Right, like, right, I'm right. Not, it's like, not, it's not a, too much. Inundated. Yes. Exactly. So I was very specific with that. And then that the particular year of Life in Pieces, which I think was 2014, maybe 2015, there was basically two shows that I could have had, Life in Pieces or this other show that was Fox. And I said, no. And Aaron Kaplan was the EP on both. And he was like, you want to be on Life in Pieces. And I trust him. So I think I got specific with like, even now, like, I'm like, no, I want this show to be on for at least seven years. And then I want to be on a multicam on CBS when I'm off. Because part of your clarity around this, and this is, I think, where I have gotten some of manifestation wrong, is you were clear about why you wanted it, which was not that you wanted to make boatloads of money. It was that you knew you wanted to be a mom and have a family. Right. And that in order to do that, you needed the type of lifestyle that would accommodate. Right. And I knew that I had to shoot here. And this is like moving forward even. Like, I'm now a mother. I now want to have another baby. I have a lifestyle here that is important to me to maintain. That is not to say that I don't want to go do plays and direct and do all these other things at some point or do like a streaming service on Hulu. But I am very open about this. I'm very much a primetime girl. I love a sitcom. I love a half hour. I love money. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, please put me on every sitcom or every half hour show. Like when you are an actor, you have a quote. And you make the same amount of money whether you're on a half hour or a drama. Dramas tend to shoot roughly nine months out of the year. And your episodes are usually six to eight days, sometimes 10-day episodes. Sitcoms are five-day episodes. You shoot August through March. And then we have a very long hiatus. You get paid the same for like half the work. Also, you have a nice, happy life. And usually you're in L.A. and you are telling jokes all day versus, like, crying over cadavers and solving crimes. (laughs) Now, that is not to say that that's not for some. Listen, some people only want to do drama. And I get that. Good for you. But for me, I'm just like, this is all about me. And that's, like, what I want to do right now. Now, when my babies are in college, maybe I'm going to want to be a Mariska Hargitay and solve crimes. But right now... This is where I'm comfortable, and it's so fun, and I love it so much. How do I manifest? Okay, so I'm okay. supposed to journal, and it's yeah. supposed to be very specific in my journaling. Yeah, when I yes. what I want and why I want. It. I found a journal entry from 2010 that I had typed up, and every year on the new year, I have these over the years, and I found them, which is just shocking on my computer. What I want for 2014, what I want, and it gets so specific. I was like, I want a sitcom that shoots in L.A. I want my trailer to be all white. I want beautiful, comfy pillows and blankets and candles. And I want a meditation pillow there so that in between sets I can meditate. Like, you have to set it up. You have to tell your own story. Yeah, but now I sort of want your dream, so I'm getting lost. I'm like, that sounds great. (laughs) So understanding that you are not presenting yourself as a guru, are there books people, places you would really, point someone to. Yes, but really quick, I have to finish something because oh, I just I thought you were going to be like, no, I am a guru. <laughs> <laughs> Please worship at my feet. Thank you. Get down right now. What I was going to say is part of that changing your mind mm-hmm. is going back to that idea of, like, let's say I want this house. But instead of saying, if I don't get it, oh, my God, I don't know if I can afford it. You literally are like, it's going to be great. 
And if if it doesn't come, then it's going to be fine, too, because I never right. let myself down and everything's always perfect. And I right. always have what I need and I always have everything I want. And the other house will come if this isn't the house, but it's going to certainly set my mind and my eyesight and my desire at a higher level. And it's going to bring me something better. So it's, again, like always being positive about the thing you want instead yeah. of negative. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes perfect sense. <clears throat> it's like a very fine line and it's very hard for most people to do that. Right. But it's never it's never having a negative thought about anything. And if you just stay positive about even the things you don't get going back to stubbing your toe, then you're constantly in a state of high vi- vibration. So that's what's coming to you also is things that vibrate where you're at. Like I set my intention and I set my life very high. So when you walk into my home, it's a high vibrating house. My mantras are playing all the time. If I'm with you and I don't like your energy, I'm not going to hang out with you because you're yucky and you're too – it's too dark. I don't like that. So, like, you have to, like, protect yourself constantly and be very aware that it's, like, a very – it's a purposeful life. It's not by accident. There's no accidents. So where to jump in? I would say my influences, maybe you should say, is Eckhart Tolle, Wayne Dyer, and Abraham Hicks. Okay. Which is all about being present, being now. Nothing matters back then. What matters is how you feel right now. Bottom line. How do you feel? A lot of this is about meditation. A lot of this is about quieting your mind, going deep within, getting to the root of like why your life isn't where you want it to be. And it's really hard and no one wants to do it because no one wants to admit that they're not perfect and no one wants to look at themselves. I look at myself even now and I'm like, you've still got some jealousy things. You've still got some a little bit of rage. There's still some things that push your buttons, right? So like in my meditations, I always go into that. Don't ignore it because that's going to ruin your Hmm. life. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blowout barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight, and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? (laughs) They do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. 
And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Since you're a fan of Latina to Latina, then you must check out Damarindo Podcast with Ana Sheila Victorino and Brenda Gonzalez. Damarindo Podcast features Latinx voices at the intersection of politics, pop culture, and life. With the addition of Ana Sheila, the show will also delve into wellness, stress detox, and balance. Join in on the fun as hosts and guests discuss important issues impacting the Latinx community, the latest chisme, and balance it all con calma. Subscribe to Tamarindo Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and at tamarindopodcast.com. You said something earlier that I want to pick up on, which is that there was a point at which you realized you needed to sharpen your acting. Oh, yeah. Well, I was told that. <laughs> I mean, because I... <laughs> what does like, that mean? Well, I was a theater major, and then I studied theater in New York. I studied with Wynne Hanman for like five years, who's a very famous um, acting teacher in New York. And when I moved here... I had this like sense of confidence and this sense of like, I've arrived, not in an ego, but like, I'm great. Like, put me in a room. Like, I'm in a book. I almost, ignorance is bliss, right? You're the second um, actress who's ever told me that. Have you ever met Amy Carrero? Oh, yes. Of course I know Amy. Yes, 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 yes. She said literally the same thing. I would walk into these rooms. I'm like, you're not giving me this job? What do you mean? I'm great. Like, I had no idea that like, there was like competition and like, I didn't know how it worked. I was mm-hmm. so green. I had never done anything other than a soap opera, okay? So then I started, my friend Yada was like, oh, no, you like test and this and this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what, what? And then, like, again, I learned from observing. So I saw what was happening. I saw my friends who were booking. And I was like, okay, I want that. I'm going to do that. I can do that. And then I started getting better auditions for my manager who sent me out on some pilot. And it was Colin and Brett Greenstein Daniel were the casting directors. And they said, they're like, you're really funny but you need to get sharper. Like, you need to tell your jokes better and get cleaner. So you need to go to Leslie Kahn. And I said, Leslie Kahn, what's that? And then I was simultaneously working at Huckleberry, and one of the waiters was constantly going to these rehearsals. And I was like, for what? And he said, Leslie Kahn. I'm in, like, Leslie Kahn. So I thought, okay, this is a sign. I'm going to Leslie Kahn. Because it seemed so fun because he was always rehearsing, and I love rehearsals. I'm a nerd. And it's basically this, like, intensive where every day for three weeks you have to rehearse and act for three hours a day. And that's my dream. First of all, I love a to-do list, and I love, like, (laughs) to check things off. So I started doing it, and my auditions got better. And then I would coach, and I was really into it, and I was killing it in class. And then I booked my first series regular, like, I don't know, two years later. Mm. And then I started teaching for Leslie. I taught up until, I don't know, five months ago, six months ago, every week. Like, even after the baby. And I would come from set and I would teach. Complacency is my nightmare. Complacency and ego, this idea of I deserve it, bye-bye. I have no, there's no room here for you. Because, listen, we all deserve it. And there's no rhyme or reason. You can go, you can do A, B, C, D and still not get the job. So this idea of, like, yeah, but I worked so hard on this audition. I, like, coached for hours and I rehearsed so hard. I deserve this part. Like, that is, like... Are you kidding me? No, you don't. 
You might never deserve the part. I feel seen and I want to disappear into the back <laughs> of the wall. But that was me for a long time. That was me when I moved here. I was like, I have worked so hard. I studied theater in college. I went to Win Handman for five years. I'm like, I'm so good. I'm so good. I deserve it. I'm 28 years old. And this is all I've done my whole life. No, you don't. No one cares about you. Like, keep working hard. Do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Yeah. Then the work will come. And it still might not come. Like, like that's the fucked up part about our industry in general is like yeah. you can do the work and do everything I'm telling you and manifest. It's not a meritocracy. And it might it still not might you know, it might not happen. So yeah. that's why I go back to my first idea, which is like no matter what, acting, money, everything else aside, you have to be so happy in your catering job and in your shoe salesman job. And know that, like, that's somehow got to fulfill you. And if you have to do regional theater or stay in class just to get your your fix, do that because it's going to make you happy. And then you're going to be happier when you go in the room to audition. You had your daughter, I Adelaide. had my baby. Her name is Adelaide. Yes, I feel like I know her. Is being a mom what you thought it would be? It's, like, so much more. Like, it's, like, so the best. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's your whole life. But also, I've maintained my individuality. I've also in a good place. Like, I've set myself up for success. Like, I do have help, and I have a great system around me. My mom's pretty available to come down from Carmel to help me. Being a mom, it, like, brings out the best part of me. You've manifested all of this. So what do you want to manifest next? Well, there's a part of me that wants, right now I'm manifesting several more seasons of Life in Pieces yep. and then another baby. And then my next show will be more of a vehicle for me, some sort of multicam sitcom. I'd love to stay on CBS because I love CBS. I'd love to remain employed by them. And then I'd like to start building an empire of shows that I'm either creating or producing, maybe directing. And I want to write more. So that's in my my manifestations right now. And my fans, if you will, love what I have to say about motherhood and weight loss and being healthy and all of this. So mm -hmm. I think I have a lot to say. And the articles that I have written have been big hits about breastfeeding and how, like, it didn't make me skinny. It made me fat. And I'm just very candid about my experience. So I think that somewhere in there, there's either a book or more articles. And I kind of feel like... The world is my oyster. Like, I feel like I'm, I've am i arrived at a really beautiful place at 40. I give less shits about what people think of me. So I'm, I almost feel like more willing to take risks. And so I'm excited to see about, I don't know, what happens in these next couple of years. You really, I want to get to where you are because you do seem legitimately happy. Yeah. I mean, I cry. Listen, I'm going to start crying every day. I mean, I cry all the time. I like walk around my house like, is this a dream? And that's something I work on, too. Like, there's always a little bit of fear, right, when you do achieve what you want, that it'll right. go away. Absolutely. So for me, because of my upbringing, because of where I've come, and a lot's happened in three years. Like, in 2015, I still lived in an apartment in, studio, in um, Santa Monica. And I've owned two houses in, like, two and a half, three years. And, like, a lot's happened, okay? It's gone very quickly. Although, at the same time, it's been a lifetime, of arriving. And I do feel like I'm kind of arriving and settling in. But there's always that thing under me that is like, is this forever? And that's the part that won't let me fail. And that's the part that will keep me real and grounded and grateful and never being complacent and always wanting more. Being grateful for where I am, but always looking ahead, which is also part of what I think I'm good at is understanding where I am and now where do I go from here? What's next? Who do I want to work with? 
what do I want to bring into my life? Angelique, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. Latina to Latina was originally co-created with Bustle. Now the podcast is owned and executive produced by Juleka Lentigua-Williams and me. Maria Muriel was the sound designer on this episode. We want to hear from you. Tell us who you want to hear from and how you're making the show a part of your life. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.